0: up. It's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe and it is Friday, October 8th. Week five, baby. Week five already underway. Man, Russell Wilson. This dude never misses games. It looks like he may miss some time here. Surgery's on the table for that finger. That stinks. If you have Russell Wilson, I do think it's wise to get out ahead of this and grab uh whoever, you know, right now, before before the, the rest of these players lock up. Uh, anyway, though, I'm not going to talk too much about that. I want to get into the games for us this weekend. Uh, we will kick it off with the London contest. Don't forget, there's a London game, so make sure you pay attention on Sunday morning, bright and early for you folks on the West Coast, but set yourself a little reminder, like 8.15 Eastern, just to double-check, see if anybody is surprised inactives. Of course, the big inactive, though... Is Calvin Ridley. Uh Calvin Ridley did not make the trip over there across the pond. Uh, so he will not be playing in this one. And neither will Russell Gage. And I've been asked, okay, who gets the targets? Well, it, there's nobody you're picking up. You're not picking up Tajay Sharp or Zacchaeus. Uh, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. And and really, the Jets are a pretty good mat a pretty good defense against the pass, which I was very surprised by. But over the first month, they're doing a nice job. Matt Ryan also dinking and dunking, five point nine average depth of targets. So I, I just there's not a lot of upside there. I think it's Patterson again. It's Pitts, Pitts. This if it doesn't happen for Pitts this week, uh, in terms of converting that volume into production, then maybe we we'll have a little bit of concern. But I, I really don't. Uh, we'll also see what happens with Mike Davis this week. If if he continues to look worse. Uh, than Wayne Gallman, then we have a problem. On the other side, I am keeping an eye on the usage here for Michael Carter. I'm using him as a flex. I do like what we saw last week. By the way, Zach Wilson has had a turnover-worthy throw on 9.4% of his attempts this season. That's a lot. The only the only player with a higher rate is Trevor Lawrence, and those are really important to note, turnover, turnover-worthy. They don't always get converted to interceptions, but the higher that number is, the more upside you have with a defense. So I do like the Falcons defense as a streamer. Moving on to Green Bay and Cincinnati, all eyes are on Joe Mixon in this one. He did not practice. Uh, we're still waiting to see what the determination will be on his status. But I don't expect him to play. I expect about a 65/35 split between Samaje Perine and Chris Evans. So Perine will be a flex option. I don't love the matchup, but you're going to have enough volume here uh, to be a flex. Uh, You know who you're starting on the Green Bay side. You're starting all three receivers, by the way, for uh, Cincinnati. Jamar Chase is the preferred option, but T. Higgins at wide receiver 28. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 29. Uh, Not using A.J. Dillon here. I'm not dropping him. He is certainly a high-value cuff, but not using him, so you're just using who you normally would. Detroit and Minnesota. Uh Uh-oh. Dalvin Cook, game-time decision not looking good. Looks like he's on the wrong side of questionable. If he does play, I don't see how we can sit him, especially because Detroit has allowed so many touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns to running backs already, but If he doesn't play, oh boy, giddy up, Alexander Madison. He'll slide up into the top 10 for me. Of course, you know you're using Jefferson and Thielen. Are you using Kirk Cousins? Well, I think so. I have him at quarterback 11 this week. On the other side, it's pretty straightforward. It's Swift, Williams, Hawkinson, and that's about it. Now, the backfield... So far this season, here's how the touches have broken down. 64 for Swift, 55 for Williams. So it's almost a 50-50 right there. Both can be effective here. I just do like the upside more obviously uh with Swift. He's an RB2, but you could flex out Williams this week. Denver and Pittsburgh, oh boy. Uh Teddy Bridgewater fortunately getting back on the field cuz this one it could have been bad for Denver if uh you know, if they had to ultimately rely on uh, Drew Locke. So that's good. It's good for Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, by the way, 10 targets at 20 plus air yards so far this season. That is the most in the league. Those are valuable right there. Speaking of a 50-50 backfield, that's what you have with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. So both of them are flex options right now. Uh, moving over to Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, his arm is shot, but he's thrown the ball a ton. 42 and a half passing attempts per game. That's tied for second in passing volume. Uh, He'll still throw a lot, but Denver is very good on the defensive side of the ball. Second worst fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. 215.3 net passing yards per game allowed. It doesn't move me off of Deontay Johnson, but it moves me off of everybody else in the passing game. For for uh, Pittsburgh, it's also a brutal matchup for the run game as well. Broncos are the worst fantasy matchup for running backs, but you're using Najee Harris every week because he's a massive volume play. Miami and Tampa. How about Tom? Terrific man. He is. Last year he led all passers in attempts of at twenty plus yards. This year he is second in that number with twenty six of them. Big time upside. 15 end zone throws as well, which is also second. So big time upside. But here's the more important thing. Leonard Fournette last week, 64 snaps, 13 for Ronald Jones. This backfield is Leonard Fournette and he is a top 15 play in a very good matchup here against Miami. On the other side, I don't know what happened with Miles Gaskin, but he played just 12 snaps. Malcolm Brown had 35. If that sticks, we may be in a situation where Miles Gaskin might not even be worth a roster spot. For now, I'm not going to go that far, but I am not playing anybody in this backfield, especially against that Tampa run defense. Still very, very, very good. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little Jameis Winston, the New Orleans Saints versus the Washington football team. All right, I'm not getting too excited over Jameis Winston. But uh, all right, so here, check this out. Jameis Winston is one of just two quarterbacks who has started all four weeks without at least 10 throws of 20 plus yards. The only other one is Matt Ryan. I just talked about his low A dot. Matt Ryan, of course, though, averaging almost 40 passing attempts per game, whereas Jameis is just at 21 and a half. He's not throwing the football. That volume has meant. You cannot use him. You can't use Marquez Callaway. You can't use the uh, the tight ends. Nothing, except for Alvin Kamara. But this is going to be an interesting test. Do they open things up here because Washington has really struggled against the pass, allowing 307 net passing yards per game, two and a half passing scores per game. I'm not starting anybody, but I'm going to keep a close eye on that. I'm Only Alvin Kamara. He's the only one. Antonio Gibson has a stress fracture in his uh, shin. He's been able to play through it. I expect him to play here, even though he's listed as questionable. Uh, This is a tough matchup. 50.8 rushing yards per game is all the Saints are allowing to opposing backfields, but Gibson is still an RB2 play. Keep in mind, if Gibson did not go... It would not be okay. JD McKissick is his cuff. JD McKissick is a passing down back whose role likely does not change, regardless of Gibson's status. It would be more Jared Patterson than anything, but no, I'm not running out to pick up Jared Patterson. Uh, this is not a week where I'm using Taylor Heineke. He's going to stay on the bench in this one. So, really, only using. Gibson and McLaurin here. I will use Ricky Seals-Jones and DFS though cuz he's really cheap. Uh he's min priced. Uh moving on to Philadelphia and Carolina. Christian McCaffrey listed as doubtful, so he is not expected to play. It looks like he'll be back next week though, which is good uh on the uh Carolina side in terms of how the snaps broke down last week. Here you go. Chuba Hubbard 33, Rodney Smith 25. Royce Freeman, 12. That was not what I had expected in terms of Rodney Smith. I did kind of have the sense that Chuba Hubbard was not going to be used like Mike Davis was last year. I just thought it would be more Royce Freeman. But regardless, that's pretty much what we can expect again. So I'm not trusting Hubbard as anything more than a flex. The Eagles do allow 4.8 yards per carry, though, to opposing running backs. So there's at least some upside there. But what about Cam Darnold? Well, Cam Darnold is putting up big-time fantasy numbers. This is a weird matchup for him, though. I don't expect the rushing production to continue. But 217.3 net passing yards per game, that's low, is what Philly is allowing. But 2.3 passing scores per game, that's high for what Philly is allowing. So this one, I, I think this lines up where you can use Darnold. I have him at quarterback 14, so I think you can use him as a as a streamer option. On the Philly side, you know what you're using. You're using Jalen Hurts as a QB1, Devontae Smith as a wide receiver three, Dallas Goddard as a tight end one, and Miles Sanders as a flex. Can they run the darn ball? I'm not using anybody else. Uh, That includes Kenny Gainwell, who I have him outside of the top 36 this week. Uh, Moving on to Tennessee and Jacksonville. Well, on the Tennessee side, Derrick Henry leading the league with almost 32 touches per game. That's insane. He has six runs of 15 plus yards. That's insane. He had 21 of them last year. Last time he faced the Jags, he had 215 rushing yards. That's insane. Moral of the story, you're using him. A.J. Brown looks like he will be back in this one. So I have him at wide receiver 16. He's right back in our starting lineups. No Julio Jones here. I am not using Ryan Tannehill if I can get away with it because this just feels like a ton of Derrick Henry. Hey man, the secret is out unfortunately on LaVisca Chenault because Roto World or NBC Sports Edge blurbed about uh, how they're you know certainly going to use them a bunch. You know Daryl Bevel said that, so we had that as our secret for a couple days. But uh, yeah, I'm using Lavisca Chenault as a wide receiver three. Marvin Jones is a wide receiver two. James Robinson is an RB one. They're going to play from behind. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw the ball a ton, and that means upside for Tennessee's defense as well. New England and Houston. On the Houston side, there is only one startable option. It's Brandon Cooks. And I don't mind it. Somebody has to catch the darn ball. Brandon Cook so far this season is racking up air yards. He's number two among receivers in air yards. On the other side, Mac Jones does not throw the ball to the end zone. Only three end zones throws so far this season. Jacoby Myers has yet to catch a touchdown pass in his NFL career, but he has thrown two of them. So there's that. But I don't really care. I'm still using him as wide receiver 30. The volume is there for Jacoby Myers. This one really sets up well for Damian Harris, though. You should have a favorable game script. Uh, Texans allowing 5.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So this one just, it's all about Damian Harris. RB22, I'm not overly bullish on him, but it sets up well for him. I am not using Brandon Bolden here. I am not using, uh, well, I am using Hunter Henry. Henry, I am going to use him if... Uh, if I need a tight end, and I do in one league, so guess what? I'm using him. Chicago and the Raiders. Uh, let's talk on the Raider side first. Derek Carr has, has usually been a low A dot guy. If you don't know what that means, it's pretty simple. It means he didn't throw the ball very far in the air. Low average depth of target. This year, he actually leads all passers with 29 attempts of 20 plus yards, 20 plus air yards. And he is eighth among qualifying quarterbacks in average depth of target with (laughs) 9.1. So, this might be sustainable for Derek Carr. By this, I mean the production so far this season. I'm not using him this week, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm at quarterback 18. Uh, Let's talk about Justin Fields. So, Matt Nagy finally giving up, succumbing to the inevitable. And Justin Fields is now the starting quarterback. I've already talked about this in a bunch of places, but I was really impressed. Even though the volume wasn't there, I was really impressed with Fields last week. Five of six on passing attempts of 20 plus air yards, 172 yards on those throws. That was 83% of his yards for the week. When they take the training wheels off of Justin Fields, this is going to be a big time boom for fantasy purposes. I just don't expect to happen this week with that. Uh, Damian Williams will get a bulk of the work here for the backfield. Uh, you have opposing backs averaging 4.6 yards per carry against Vegas. So he's in a good spot to be an RB2. Cleveland and the Chargers, by the way, with uh, Allen Robinson, wide receiver 34. So I can still start, you know, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver three. I am buying low on Allen Robinson because once Justin Fields hits, you know, it's going to be too late to, to buy low on him. So do it while you still can. Cleveland and the Chargers. Only one player has scored more than one rushing touchdown on run, a run of 15-plus yards this season. His name is Nick Chubb. He has done it twice. He has four of those runs of 15-plus, so he scored on half of them. Love him this week. You don't need a reason to start him, but hey, he's going to go nuts. Five yard Over five yards per carry. Only three defenses are allowing that to opposing running backs, and the Chargers are one of them, so I do like Kareem Hunt as well, RB6. Also, keep in mind that Baker Mayfield's non-throwing shoulder is hurt so they're going to cover that up with the run game, giddy-up run game. Great litmus test game here for the Chargers. How good is this offense? Because we know the Browns are quite good on the defensive side of the ball. They are uh, one of just four teams to not allow a rushing score to a running back, so it's an interesting test for Austin Eckler. I'm, I'm still using Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, but it's going to be a very interesting litmus test up against uh, this, this very tough defense. The Giants... And the Cowboys. Uh, well, maybe we're a year early on Daniel Jones. Remember, he was one of my upside options last year. And he's a prime example of, you know, it doesn't have to look pretty to be good for fantasy. So far this season, through four weeks, he is fantasy's number 10 quarterback. And he is very much in play as a streamer option. Dallas allowing 336 net passing yards per game. Giddy up Daniel Jones this week. Doesn't look like he'll have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, but they have Kadarius Toney and John Ross, and they did a pretty good job of filling in last week. Saquon is Saquon again, which is good. Amari uh, Cooper is a little banged up. He's listed as questionable. So is Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not worried about Elliott. I really am not worried about Cooper either. I talked about his matchup yesterday, though. If you picked up Dalton Schultz, he's a top 10 fantasy tight end this week. Uh, Tony Pollard, a little too tough to flex him out for me. He's at RB36, so he's right at the edge. San Francisco, Arizona, Jimmy G did not practice today, so that sets the stage for Trey Lance to get the start. Last week, Trey Lance was a top 20 fantasy option and only played a half of football. It doesn't have to look pretty for it to be good. I know we want to critique. I know we want to turn into draft nicks when it comes to evaluating prospects and telling you every negative thing about them. I know we use the fan mindset and we... Tear everything to shreds. Negative, 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 but the points were pretty darn positive. I have met quarterback 13. He's in a great spot and he loves Debo Samuel and he loves George Kittle. George Kittle had 11 targets. Buy low on George Kittle. Now, the backfield is going to be interesting. I don't have news on Elijah Mitchell yet. Uh, my my suspicion is this will not be determined until right before the game. So here that puts us in a problem spot because it's not a 1 o'clock game. I would use Trey Sermon if Mitchell doesn't play. If Mitchell does play, I'm not using either. That's really what it is. I mean, the Cardinals are giving up 5.2 yards per carry, but I just don't trust the distribution there. On the other side, keep an eye on Chase Edmonds. This one is tricky as well. Has a shoulder injury very much up in the air. Edmonds doesn't go. James Conner will be an RB, 2 He'll be a top 24 option uh, this week. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. Oh, man, this is going to be so much fun. Stephon Diggs, nine deep ball targets so far this season. That is great. That's lots of upside. Josh Allen, 17 end zone throws this season. That is great. Lots of upside. And it's a great matchup for both of them. So giddy up on the Bills. Uh, you, you don't need a reason to start those guys, but I'd also be in on Emmanuel Sanders as a top 36 guy. Cole Beasley is a flex option. Zach Moss is a flex option, but I'm not going to go too overboard here because Devin Singletary still has a role uh, and, a, and a pretty big one at that. So Moss is RB 26, but the, the thing about it is, man, the Chiefs allow five yards over five yards per carry to opposing backfields. Now, another litmus test game, though, because Buffalo's very good on the defensive side of the ball. Now, you're never not starting Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, but it's a very interesting game for these guys. So the Bills enter the week as the worst fantasy matchup for quarterbacks, 172.8 net passing yards per game allowed. That's a challenge here for Patty Mahomes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire topped 100 rushing yards in each of the last two games, but last week, okay, 35 snaps Daryl Williams, 24 snaps. Uh-oh. We don't want to see that distribution continue here. By the way, this is a terrible matchup. Uh, the Bills' run defense is pretty good as well. But I don't want to see that distribution continuing. I have edwards Eller at RB20. Uh, if we continue to see a lot of Daryl Williams, that puts a major damper on CEH. Indy Baltimore rounding it out here. I don't really have a lot to say on this one, but I will tell you this. Jonathan Taylor leads all running backs in red zone carries, 19 goal line carries, 7. He has zero touchdowns on those seven goal line carries. That's not something that continues. Uh we'll see his efficiency increase and if he continues to get all of these looks, watch out for Johnny Taylor. Uh he's going to convert some of these opportunities. So using him obviously, Michael Pittman, wide receiver 38. And I'm not chasing last week with Mo Alley-Cox, by the way. You know who you're using on the other side as well in terms of Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. But what about the backfield? So I was asked about Tyson Williams, and I'll, I'll finish out the show with this. Is the Tyson Williams thing similar to Zach Moss being inactive in week one? So, Zach Moss, that was weird. We should have known about that injury. I, I, something weird happened there. Like, he should have been on the injury report. That's why our reaction was what it was. We didn't know about the injury, so it looked like he was a healthy scratch. And if this dude was a healthy scratch, then that's bad. But he wasn't a healthy scratch. He was a scratch because he wasn't healthy. Nothing has indicated that Tyson Williams was a similar situation. Tyson Williams was legitimately a healthy scratch. Latavius Murray is the lead back, and Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch, which means we can cut him. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but those are the breaks in fantasy football. Now, Latavius Murray is the lead back for now, not forever, and I don't think we can trust this more than one week at a time with Latavius Murray. Here's a reason why I hate doing season-long rankings, or rest-of-season rankings, that is, because how the heck do I rank this backfield? I know how to rank it this week but I have no clue what's going to happen in this backfield going forward. So that's where we are with uh, Baltimore. Sorry about the bad news there with um, Tyson Williams. Anyway, enjoy the football this weekend. Don't forget, hey, put put the laptop aside. Put the cell phone down. Watch some football. Just enjoy it because once the games start, we can't control anything for fantasy purposes anyway. And uh, don't forget to check out everything over at ftnfantasy.com, including my article the report every single fantasy-relevant player mentioned in some way shape or form in that article so you can set your lineups nice and easy rankings projections all that fun stuff use the promo code RATPACK. get yourself a discount over there at jeff radcliffe on twitter at jeff radcliffe on instagram and i will catch you on the flip side of the weekend to react to all the madness all right i'm jeff radcliffe and i'm out